What is up, Iron Family? Welcome to the Secrets of the Fit and Successful podcast. Today, we are talking about three huge fitness industry lies you need to be on the lookout for. Now, this should go without saying, in a market that is heavily marketed to, there are going to be people who try to take advantage of people, especially when it's an information-based market. There's a lot of information that goes into understanding how the body works, how we lose fat, how we gain muscle, all of these different things. If you are smart, you're into marketing, and you can manipulate things to kind of trick people into buying a product, it sucks, but people will do that. So a lot of the stuff today that I'm going to tell you is probably going to sound familiar to probably going to sound familiar to you because somewhere along the line you've probably been told this and it was likely by someone who had a product to solve this exact problem or fix this exact situation with something they're trying to sell you now i do want to make a caveat here because although this should be obvious i'm not including it in the in my list of three but detox teas um juice cleanses miracle pills uh, machines that you stand on and it shakes the fat off of you with vibration all of that kind of stuff, it's just a given that that is BS. Like, if that does not stand out to you as BS, which it should, um, you're very new, welcome, don't fall for that. If you've been around fitness long enough, you should start to realize that those things probably don't have a ton of uh, science to back them up. But that aside, let's get into it. Three huge fitness industry lies. I was talking to someone recently this week, and they just said something in passing uh, that, that made me think of this. And I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy that like people who for better or worse seem to really understand fitness, they seem to be into it, still kind of think these things. And it showed me how prevalent this one is. And it's number one for a reason. It's number one because on the hierarchical chart, however you want to say that, this is like the most prevalent thing that I still see to this day that so many people still believe. And there's so many like fad diets built up around this concept specifically keto and that is that carbs make you fat for some reason this industry has decided that demonizing carbohydrates is like the go-to thing and this is nothing new it's just this decade last decade and the decade before the fitness industry was all about demonizing fat and sodium like they all had their different um their different phases where it was very very popular to demonize those 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 two you know fats are what's going to make you fat fat is all fats bad for you you know it's terrible for your heart where in fact it's like the opposite's true like yeah if you eat a ton of like trans fats that's not good for you but you need a certain amount of fat in your diet like any diet that i see that is like less than 40 grams of fat programmed into like your daily intake that's ridiculous and so same thing with carbs right that's what's popular right now that's what everyone's talking about is carbohydrates make you fat and it's not just that it's like oh well, if you are gonna eat them like don't eat them by bedtime or you know just eat them but only these certain kinds it's like no you have to understand that at the very basic level when you are trying to lose weight it has nothing to do with whether i'm eating carbs or whether i'm eating fats the overall energy balance I'm going to try to say this in the simplest terms possible. The overall energy balance is what matters most. The carbs and fats and proteins make up your main macronutrients. Proteins and carbs are four calories per gram. Fats are denser at nine calories per gram. So when we add up the carbs, the proteins, and the fats we eat during the day, that's going to give you a total caloric intake. For a healthy individual, it varies, but 
you usually see it somewhere around the 2000s range. That's like, if you're eating that, you're probably gonna stay at about the same rate. Again, I can't make a broad statement like that and have it apply to everyone, but that's kind of the average. If you eat, let's say your, let's make it super simple, your specific basal metabolic rate, which is a fancy way of saying the specific amount of food you need to eat to stay the exact same weight is 2000 calories. If you're eating 2,500 calories, I don't care if zero of them are carbohydrates, you will still put on weight because you are taking in more energy units than your body is going to use. Calories are units of energy. Your body uses them to produce energy. If you are taking in more than you're using, they get stored. Doesn't matter if they're carbs, if they're fats, or if they're protein. So if you're overeating, it does not matter if it's carbs or fats or proteins. You're going to hold weight. This is why you can see people go on keto and they're like, oh, I had a stick of butter on avocado this morning. And that's somehow like, and I'm taking care of my health now. It's like, that's not how that works. And again, I, you can make keto work. I'm not anti, I am anti-keto, I can't lie. Um, but but I, I know many people who follow a keto diet. I know people who preach the keto method. Um, while I respectfully disagree with the approach they might take, um, what I dislike the most about it is the fact that they try to demonize carbohydrates as somehow an inefficient energy source or it's going to make you fat, things like that. That, to me, just puts this seed in people's heads that there's good and bad foods. There's no such thing as good and bad foods. There are foods that are better for you and foods that are not as good for you. That does not make them bad. A donut isn't a bad food. It just means that it's probably not going to fill you up as much as something else would for the amount of calories that you're intaking. So if you're trying to lose weight and you want to feel full at the end of the day, you'd be better off eating something that's a little bit more nutrient dense. That's going to give you a little bit more of that full sensation. But if you have cravings, eating a donut is not going to mess you up as long as we respect that energy balance. If you eat a donut and you still end up at 1900 calories for the day out of your 2000, you're a hundred under. That means you're going to be losing weight. So don't fall into this trap of carbs make you fat. It's just absolute BS. And I guarantee you nine out of 10 times when someone's telling you that either they don't understand or more likely than not, they're probably trying to sell you something. So if you really want to lose weight, focus on your total energy expenditure. And that doesn't even mean that you have to diet. You can just increase the output, add in you know, a 10K step goal for your day. Go to the gym more often. Go for a walk every night. Um, add in some kind of you know hobby or activity that you do daily. Anything like that where we can increase the amount of energy we're using during the day. If you hold all the other variables the same, you might start losing weight. Again, it's going to take coaching and working with you specifically on an individual basis. To wow, I butchered that word. An individual basis to figure out you know what's working for you. But long story short, eat your carbs. You're going to feel way better. You're going to do way better in the gym, have more energy, and it's not going to make you fat. It's not going to affect your weight loss. So number two, um, and this is dragging on really long, so I'm going to try not to make number two as long as number one, but number two is this idea that muscle confusion is key. Now, I was, this is what I grew up on. I was kind of like new to the fitness industry coming into it when I was like 13, 14, so like a decade ago, uh, right around the time of P90X. P90X was huge, took the internet by storm, took the world by storm. It was one of these first like big sweeping programs 
that everyone was on and it kind of sparked that online revolution and the big selling point the big selling point for them was muscle confusion um and it wasn't even the way we see it nowadays like you still did the same workouts for like four weeks at a time and then switched up right so the the idea actually when they presented it there was better it was you're going to do four weeks of this and then to keep you from getting bored we're going to do something different the next four weeks and the next four weeks i'm not i don't hate that as much as i i mean i would still like you to do stuff longer than that but but what i really don't like and this is like the new the new wave is i call it the insta swipe syndrome if you go on instagram you'll see like all these people posting oh here's my workout for the day and it's like a swipe workout and you swipe through it and it's all these it's like it's like 10 exercises and they're all these different very unique variations of exercises and they're very very I, I have no other word to describe them than unique <laughs> they're very unique you know it's like someone hanging upside down a smith machine doing dumbbell laterals and it's just like why and what you have to realize is like they're trying to stand out they're trying to sell you something right they probably have a program they're selling they're trying to stand out they're trying to be noticed by the instagram algorithm so there's nothing to do with how effective their workouts are it's is social engagement there and if something's interesting or if something is going to spark you to be like this is bs and talk about it you commenting and being like this seems like bs or you just being like this is really interesting i'm going to send this to my friend that sparks engagement people figured this out and boom insta swipes blew up now you can go to gymshark train great page on instagram if you want to see this as an example and there are a million different workouts where it is someone just you're just swiping through and it is ridiculous and it's never the same thing you have to understand that that is like the killer of your gains is going into the gym and trying to do something different every single day you need to have a plan for your week and that should repeat for like six weeks in a row before you change it up this allows you first to learn the muscle patterns how to activate the muscles properly it allows you to track so you can progressively overload it and make sure you're making progress and you're getting stronger and it gives you a repetability in your workouts where you can kind of teach your cns to be responsible with weights so like these people you're watching like they're expert lifters they've been doing this for a while but the workouts they're showing you on here aren't what they do like I'm, I'm telling you this i i used to do this i would go into the gym and it wasn't specifically for swipe workouts it was more for my tutorials and stuff but i know people who do this they'll go in they'll do their workout and then they will come back to the gym later with their tripod and they'll film the swipe workout for the day um or in my case i would film my tutorials for the day and it's not part of my daily workout like i might mix them in on the same day like if i'm doing a push day I might film like chest stuff and shoulder things on that day. But when these people are filming, this, it's not usually their daily workout. They're usually coming back and filming this later. And it's not the actual workout that's attaining the body they have. So when you see someone who's jacked and then you go to their Instagram and they have a swipe and there's like three things that they're doing for chest, that's not their push day workout. That's not how they're achieving that body nine out of 10 times. So understanding that this whole muscle confusion thing doing a different workout every day, walking to the gym, trying a million different variations, trying to hit the muscle from every different angle and doing 10 things is not how you, it's not how you gain muscles. It's not how you get stronger. It's not how you lose fat progressively overloaded. It's none of that. If you want to make significant progress in the gym, you have to have a structured program. And these people who are showing you these swipes, they are on a, probably on a structured program. Um, that's how they got to where they are at least uh, so don't get don't get caught up or confused in that um, it is it's way more fun to have a structured program actually 
you get to see yourself progressing, right? If you're doing something different each day, you don't really get to see the, the progress. And the progress that you see in the gym, it's going to come from performance first, and then it's going to come from like visually after. So if you're not seeing performance upgrades because you're not training the same way every day, then you're going to get bored way faster than if you know next week you're doing the same workout you did the week before and you're expected to be stronger than you go in and you are, that's a huge motivator. But if you're like doing these swipe workouts and you're just like, oh, I'm going to try this guy's workout today and then next week I'll try somebody else's, it's like you don't have a really clear understanding of if you're progressing or not. And it's going to take you a lot longer. Like if you do it for a year, you'll probably look back and if you've done it with any consistency and a good diet, you'll see that you have improved, but it takes a lot longer. You're a lot less likely to be uh, significantly motivated during that process and you're a lot less likely to stick to it. So lastly, the last one that I see, and this is an, it's an interesting one. It's this constant idea that you either need to be bulking or cutting. Um, and I know that this confuses women a lot, um, but it's also because it's a huge guy syndrome. Guys, like they live and die by this. Girls, not so much, but it leaves them in this kind of what do I do when I'm not cutting situation. Um, and they kind of have a, I've noticed at least from my experience anecdotally, they have a better grasp on what to do when you're not cutting or bulking than guys do. So this whole fallacy of like, oh, I'm going to cut for the summer. And then the minute I'm done the cut, it's like I go to Cancun or something for a week. And then it's like, all right, on to the bulk. And that, first of all, it's like really not healthy at all for your hormones or your metabolism. But you have to understand that like weight loss at its core, um, I know I said earlier it's about energy balance, but you have to understand that it's not just energy balance, it's energy balance and your metabolism. Without making this too confusing, think about your metabolism as like the engine you have to take care of the engine first before it can actually produce so if you have a really shitty engine if you've like just constantly gone up and down up and down up and down where you're bulking and eating like a ton of domino's pizzas and then you're like oh i'm fat again time to cut and you do that and you get really lean because you starve yourself and then you're like up oh, i'm hungry because <laughs> i starved myself for 14 weeks and I got shredded for that one trip to Mexico where I took a bunch of pictures that I will post for the next year. And now I'm hungry and I'm going to eat. And I eat again until I'm really bloated and fat. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I got to cut again. Uh, that cycle is very, very vicious on your body. Like that doesn't just like take a mental toll. It takes an actual physical toll on your metabolism. Like your ability to cut is going to be really bad. You'll start noticing that the more you do this, the faster the weight starts to come on after the cuts. And essentially all you're doing is yo-yo dieting, like bulking, cutting the way it's like shown nowadays in the fitness industry is literally a yo-yo diet. It's like diet as hard as you can. So you can get Instagram pictures so you can have abs for a little bit. And then when you can't take it anymore, go on a bulk and just kind of like eat whatever you want. That is maybe the worst thing you can do for your long-term health. Besides like smoking. I mean, that's a bit dramatic, but like, I don't think you understand the trouble you're going to be causing yourself down the road by doing this. Instead, what you want to do is once a year, maybe, and it doesn't even have to be once a year. I know people who go like two years before doing a real cut It's like cut down once a year. Let's say like right now you're not super healthy. You, you work out, but you have a good amount of fat on you. Like 
say, okay, I'm going to do like a long, like 16 to 22 week cut. I'm not going to go super aggressive. I'm just going to slowly work my way down, add in some cardio when I need to. I'm not going to rely on it though. And then once I get down to like a healthy body weight that I'm satisfied with, I'm not going to say, okay, screw it, bulk time. No, no, I'm going to slowly start adding back in calories. And this is called reverse dieting. And what you're going to do is you're going to come out of that deficit and reverse diet back up to what we would call maintenance, or like I said earlier, that BMR, where it's I'm eating this amount of food and staying the same weight. And the goal here is to have that amount of food you're eating be enough that you don't feel like you're starving and it's done health in a way that's so healthy and so sustainable that you actually maintain a very lean physique so you see a lot of these guys who look great that's not because they cut and they can live like that it's because they've they've gone through the work to keep their metabolism high and now they're able to eat let's say it's you're a bigger guy you're like closer to 200 pounds for me, I can eat anywhere from 2,800 to 3,200 calories and stay the same weight and maintain, you know, abs and maintain cuts and maintain vascularity in my arms. But it's because I've put in a lot of intentional work to keep my metabolism high. And that's done by like this off period of like eating at a maintenance level. I do that for a year. Like if I cut in like the last time I did a full bulk was almost two years ago. Um, when I, when I eat at maintenance, I'm just eating at that level and I'm eating high protein and I'm doing really good workouts that are going to spark growth. And maybe I'll eat a little above maintenance. And that little bit of a surplus is meant to just allow me to put on more muscle without adding on too much fat. Now you will add on a little fat, but it's not like you're going to balloon up and screw your metabolism. It's, you're going to get bigger over time, but you're not going to damage the metabolism. In fact, you're going to grow so slowly that it's mostly muscle. And then eventually you'll start to notice your edges softening up. You'll see that you're getting softer in your midsection. And this is usually after about a year, but you've added on a significant amount of muscle. Your metabolism's in a great place so that you start dieting. It's not, oh, I have to eat 1,500 calories. It's I start eating 2,600 calories or 2,800 calories sometimes. And if you're like really good at this, you could be dieting on 3,000 calories and losing a significant amount of weight. And that's what you want, right? Because then that's more fuel for your workouts. That's more fuel uh, for your day. Your brain's not going to be in a fog. You're not going to be killing yourself. And then that cut, you know, as you slowly come down, you might never even get below 2,000 calories. You might stop at 2,200 and be like, all right, now I'm super lean again this year. I'm going to do it again. In this entire next 9 to 16 months, I'm going to eat in a, in a slight maintenance to surplus phase without ever having to do a cut. That's how like people who you see with insane physiques really go about this. Now, if you are like a competitor, an Olympia competitor, something like that, that's different. You're going to be using exogenous enhancements through performance enhancing drugs, steroids, things like that, that are going to allow you to do superhuman feats, right? Where you're able to put on a ton of muscle eating in a surplus in the off season, and then using a lot of these drugs and performance enhancing steroids, you're going to be able to cut at a super physiological rate into a show. 99% of people in the world aren't, aren't doing that, um, but they're confused because they see people who are doing that online and they're acting like, oh, I just bulk and cut, I bulk and cut. If you try to do that and you're not using all of the stuff that these guys are using, then you're not gonna have that same effect. It's just gonna mess up your metabolism. So the biggest takeaway is 
when you feel like you're getting a little soft and you want to see abs come in, you want to see more structure in your body, do a cut. Do it slowly and responsibly. And when you've reached that low end, don't immediately go back to eating a surplus. Slowly work your way back up to maintenance calories and just stay at that for at least six months, at least as long as the cut, if not longer. I like to do it for six to nine months before I cut back down again. I like to be a little leaner during the summer and then during the winter I try to be responsible, but I never allow myself to do this whole like, oh, I'm gonna bulk and try to force feed myself and get huge. Um, because I've realized through the years how dumb that is and how much damage that does to you and how much harder it makes it to get lean year after year after year. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. This has been the Fit and Successful Podcast, the secrets of the Fit and Successful Podcast. I will see you guys in tomorrow's episode. Peace.